VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because, well, they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, that's C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. Oh, 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 oh the, the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, Whoa. Deep oh no! Oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome to episode 75 of the Born Ready 2 Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook. Here with me, as always, Eric Hawk. Hawk, it's been a little bit since we recorded, a little over a week. We've had, uh, I think, four, four or five Pacers games since the last time we spoke. We last spoke of the, uh, the day of the Minnesota game. Pacers since then are uh, four and one so since the last time we recorded the only loss they've had was against the Utah Jazz so uh, we'll get into more more from some of those games here in just a second but what were some of your general thoughts from the past week of action from the team yeah that first Timberwolves game was a little oh I got a little back up here the first Timberwolves game was a little sketchy but we got the win and then Went back and beat them again for the second time. Uh, the Nuggets game was one of our more impressive wins, just top to bottom. And then that Jazz game was kind of an anomaly. I don't think that's going to happen again, losing by, what is that, 30 points to the Jazz at the Jazz. So that one was a little depressing. But got the big win uh, against the Suns, almost had a 30-point win coming back. So I think we're even keel now. And Warriors, I think, have the best, worst record in the league this year, so hopefully we can win another on this road trip, and then we have a winning record on that road trip. That's what we all wanted before Oladipo, so things are fine. Things are looking good. You know, that Heat game specifically, I think, put a lot of juice in the team, and then other than that Jazz game, we've played really well. 
Yeah, so uh, two Minnesota games back-to-back there. Uh, beat them in Minnesota, then back in Indiana last Friday. Uh, the Denver win, I think, was very impressive, uh, albeit that uh, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, and Paul Millsap all missed the game. Three of their uh, starters, or at least I think Gary Harris starts. Maybe he comes off the bench. I'm not 100% sure. But three key players on the team uh, were out for the Nuggets. But that was the first time that the Pacers had won there uh, since November of 2007. So my question to you now is what were you doing in November of 2007? Do you remember? So I graduated high school in 2011, so minus four, it's 2007, so I was a freshman, um, about to celebrate Christmas, so that was a long, long time ago, many pounds ago. Yeah, so that was a very long time ago, uh, I believe I was in uh, junior year of high school, so I've since graduated. We both have since graduated high school uh, and college and also uh, went on to have jobs for several years. So it's kind of amazing that we pretty much went through, uh, I mean, almost half of our lives uh, over, I mean, less than half. But my God, I'm I'm 30 years old and they hadn't won there in 13 years. So that's that's insane to think about. Well, I'm almost 30, but still. Um, yeah, who was on that team? It was like, what, Carmelo, Allen Iverson? Yeah, it was uh, Mello, Iverson, Kenyon Martin, I think like Eduardo, Nahara, um, a bunch of random guys. I forget who else was on that team. Oh, J.R. Smith, he was on that team too. Yeah. So, so that was a uh, that was a big win. I, I don't care who plays. If you can finally, you know, get the monkey off your back and get a win in Denver for the first time in several years, that's a great thing. Um, and then uh, the next one, Utah, like you said, we're just wiping that one from our memory. Uh, that one is going straight to the recycle bin and empty the recycle bin. We will never speak of that game again. That was a, a complete anomaly, uh, back-to-back game from Denver to Utah. Uh, got the big win in Denver Sunday night, so I'm not even going to count that game. Uh, that was a scheduled loss, but more more so that we're going to talk about here today uh, in this first segment is Phoenix, uh, the Suns versus the Pacers Wednesday night. Um, like you said, Pacers uh, beat the Suns. It was a complete bashing, 112-87. to That was the fifth straight win the Pacers have had in Phoenix, which is pretty impressive, even though they haven't been very good. Um, T.J. Warren, uh, this was his revenge game. Um, he uh, had 25 points, as well as Sabonis kind of just had his way down low against Aiton and uh, Dario Saric. He had 24 points. 13 rebounds and four assists. So uh, those two guys specifically, uh, we'll talk about McConnell a little bit more here in a second, but focusing on those two guys, TJ's revenge game and Sabonis coming up big for another game this road trip. What were your thoughts on them? Yeah, I thought our defense specifically played really well. We held held all five starters under their average, so when you can do that, you're probably going to win unless a Lou Williams type goes off the bench, but that didn't really happen either. Um, as far as Warren and Sabonis, they both played great. Uh, Warren, you know, they both were efficient. I mean, they missed combined 10 shots between the two of them and almost got 50 points, so you'll take that all day. There was the Brogdon, uh, you know, head injury, hitting his head off Miles Turner's elbow, so he left the game. And McConnell kind of came in and was the unsung hero once again, you know, double-double with assists, tied a season high with 11 assists, so... You know, he came off the bench, just filled in his role like he has all year, and uh, 
Justin Holiday, McDermott continued to play well off the bench. So it was a good, complete team win. You know, Miles had nine and seven, not bad, kind of his average game, and I think everyone played played well. Jeremy Lamb kind of disappeared, but you didn't really need him to have a good game this one. So hopefully he he gets it figured out and goes back to having some good games. Yeah, I feel like Lamb has uh, struggled very much in the month of January. Um, there for a while after he came back from the injury, I mean mid range game, he was he was automatic. Uh, his three point shot was a lot better. I think he's shooting around thirty percent, maybe lower than that from three right now. Um, He's in a slump, and uh, defensively he hasn't been performing very well, so it'll be interesting to see how many minutes get taken away from him once Oladipo comes back next week. Um, but uh, the, McConnell there, uh, speaking of him, uh, he got more playing time in that Phoenix game. Malcolm Brogdon left the game the second quarter. I feel like this is kind of like deja vu here at this point. Um, but Brogdon, uh, he left the game in the second quarter. Got elbowed to the face, I believe, by Miles Turner, so his own teammate accidentally elbowed him, um, and he had to get stitches. So three stitches in his eye. Um, we've seen players come back and play after those situations. I, I think that he could have probably played last night if he really wanted to, but since the game was in Phoenix, the Pacers kind of had control of the game. He might have just said, screw it. So um, maybe he sits out Friday, too, against the Warriors because they don't think they really need him in that game. Um, but TJ McConnell stepped in, uh, was pretty much, he was a starting point guard there in the second half, uh, and, uh, 10 points, 11 assists, four rebounds, three steals. Um, the guy was doing whatever he wanted out there. And, you know, in a, in a place where Steve Nash used to play basketball, he had a Steve Nash game. Wouldn't you think? I mean, that's just, that's got Steve Nash written all over it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he didn't shoot the three as well as Steve Nash used to do it, but Thankfully, we don't really need him. I can't believe Tyler Johnson didn't play. I feel like that guy kills us every time he plays. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Johnson, I mean, that team is just, I mean, they're not very good. Uh, I know uh, Aaron Baines, he's hurt. He comes off the bench for them, but not much depth for them. Uh, The Pacers, yeah, the Pacers, um, they forced the Suns, who I think average 11 threes made per game. So not 11 three-point shots they're attempting. Actually, they make 11 threes a game. Last night, they only made four. So um, it was a bad shooting night for them, and the the Pacers' defense probably had something to do with that. But uh, also the other point here, Ricky Rubio, the almost Pacer point guard, uh, he stunk up the joint seven points, three assists, and air balls all across the board. So how happy should we be that Ricky Rubio is not in a Pacers uniform? We should definitely be happy, but the Brogdon injury is piling up. I mean, we don't need him because McConnell's played well, and we know what Brogdon is when he's healthy. He's a better player for sure. But, yeah, we're, we're definitely – we've been ecstatic. The most hated pacer that never was, Ricky Rubio. So that brings me to this next point. So Brogdon, obviously the biggest free agent splash for the Pacers, trading for T.J. Warren, signing Jeremy Lamb, which is probably – not the I wouldn't say the worst move, but if you rank the Pacers' move this offseason, it'd probably be at the bottom of the list. So between Justin Holiday and TJ McConnell, two guys who are fan favorites have had great seasons so far in the Pacers jersey. Which player do you think is more valuable to the Pacers? I mean, the player that has been more valuable is TJ McConnell. There's no doubt. Just because the injuries you couldn't really rely hundred percent on Aaron Holiday to fill that role. McConnell just Every night he balls out and he plays super hard, and he's a fan favorite for that reason. Going forward, fully healthy, 
I, I think it's Justin Holiday just because the way he can defend. He defends every position almost, and if he gets hot from three, he's he's a he's amazing off the bench. Him and McDermott. I mean, that's those are two guys that can light it up if they get hot. So I think going forward for me, it's going to be Justin, but it has been McConnell, and I don't even think it's close. It has been so far. Yeah, and I mean, Holiday having a great season. Uh, he specializes in making that three-point shot, like you said. Um, he's shooting a ridiculous rate here over the past month, um, as well as his defense. He can guard multiple positions. We've talked about this a lot, but uh, he's the 3 and D guy that people blush about on, on Twitter. So uh, as far as McConnell, I mean, you're not going to get the same defensive effort or skill on the defensive end as you would in Holiday, but uh, offensively he's been fantastic. Uh, the chemistry he has with the white guys on the team, uh, Sabonis and McDermott, obviously other players as well. But um, you know, it's just it's it's been a very pleasant surprise for McConnell because when we first saw that contract, we were like, "What are they doing this for?" We weren't really sure why they went out and signed him, and I think. I mean, it's just a, he's been a huge boost off the bench, uh, has stepped in. And I think that was kind of the reasoning behind it was, uh, you know, Pritchard was probably like, we've seen Brogdon sent out plenty of games during the regular season. We got to have another guy here. And so he has, I think, over exceeded fans expectations as long as, as well as the front office. So I would agree with you. Uh, they both have had big impacts on the team, but McConnell's is probably bigger from the standpoint that, you know, he really energizes that second unit. Yeah, and if you check the tape, I feel like I've always been a, a McConnell supporter. I never thought he'd get 11 assists in a game or even play as much as he did, but I thought, you know, a veteran, Aaron Holiday, you don't, you're not 100% going into the season. It, it was a no-brainer, and a, and a guy you thought would be the ninth man off the bench you know, he's he's been the sixth man at times off the bench when we need stability. So I, I, I've always been a fan. Yep. And uh, so big win against Phoenix. That was the first game they played against them. They'll play again at home later in the season. Um, so only two games left on this road trip. Uh, upcoming schedule, looking at this, Friday night at Golden State. You mentioned that. Uh, the Warriors, uh, they're 10-36 and 36 this year. Not, I think that's probably the worst record in the league. If not, it's close. Uh, their last ten games, they're one and nine. So they've they're one for their last ten and wins, which is very bad. And they're last in the Western Conference. Uh, that game tips off at ten thirty p.m. on Friday. So, I mean, that's a pretty late game. Uh, it is a weekend night, so I will will stay up for it. But are these West Coast games your favorite? They're not my favorite. I I prefer like a the nine p.m. we had last night. I thought was perfect. You know, I could go to bed before midnight. That's usually when I go to bed, and I get that right before bed, and then I don't have to wait around. Just feel a few hours after the Pacers game. So I like that nine o'clock start. We always get the seven o'clock start, which isn't bad, but I don't think ten thirty is anybody's favorite, especially on the weekends. You want to be out doing stuff. It's hard to watch the game at ten thirty when you're out with friends. So for me, no. But I still think it's it's a it's a trap game almost, just because it everyone just says it's so easy. It's never that easy. They still got some guys that can be a problem at times. You're expecting to win, will be favored,ed but it just makes me nervous. I think you'll know by halftime if the Pacers are winning and in control of the game. Then that'll be all she wrote. But if we come out slow, staggers, they get a lead. It's you just never know what can happen. So I'm a little nervous, but should win. 
Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I don't know what the status is. Uh, they do have D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I haven't done my research. Maybe he's hurt and sitting out. Draymond Green, they periodically sit those guys out, even though they're probably not really hurt. So those are the two guys you got to worry about. Uh, you know, Glenn Robinson the third. I'm, I'm not worried about him. We've seen him in a Pacers jersey. Um, and I'm, I'm not worried about him whatsoever. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, I mean, uh, Eric Pascal, I, their team's not doing very hot. Uh, I do see it kind of being a trap game, but I do think the Pacers pull that one out. Um, and it'll be nice to win in Golden State. I know we did it a couple seasons ago when they were heavily injured and we're kind of doing the same thing here. But a win in Golden State's a win in Golden State. And 10 years from now when we brag about it, no one will ask who played in the game. So um, s- Sunday night they play at Portland. Portland has underachieved this season. I think they were the third seed last year, went to the Western Conference Finals before getting swept. Uh, by the uh, Golden State Warriors, uh, the Trailblazers, as it sits now, 19 and 26 this year, uh, seven games under 500. They're five and five in their last 10, um, so they are capable of winning, um, and they are 10th in the West. Uh, also, a little tidbit here as well: uh, the Pacers, uh, they haven't beat the Trailblazers since the 2016-2017 season. So uh, they haven't beat them at home or away uh, for nearly three years. Um, And uh, obviously the last win that they had against them was at home. But their actual last win in Portland, um, and I'm going to uh, surprise you here in a second. I'll have you guess. When was the last time they won in Portland? So the other one was 2007. I I would probably say it's not that far back, so I'd probably guess 2010. Last win in Portland, and I believe it's going to shock you, it was the same month as the Denver win. November 28, 2007 was the last time the Pacers won in Portland. Dang, same month. So. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to have you guess here. Here's a little trivia for you. Can you name the starting five for the Pacers in that win back in November of 2007? No, I'm not even going to try because I'm just going to butcher it so bad. You can at least get one or two guys. Um, Reggie? No, not Reggie. That's a lot. See, I'm going to butcher it so bad. Uh, all right. Yeah, Danny Granger uh, was one of them. Uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Dunleavy, of course. Double-double machine. Uh, Jamal Tinsley. Okay. Jeff Foster. Oh, yeah. And Troy Murphy. Yep, that's a team that you want to see. Yeah, and another little interesting tidbit here. David Harrison, a friend of the podcast, he played 14 minutes off the bench that game. His stat line was three points and four personal fouls in 14 minutes. Enforcer. You need guys like that. Yeah. So very interesting there. Uh, Same amount of time. I mean, come on. If you're going to get a win in Portland, this is the time to do it. They still have Lillard. Uh, they have McCollum. Uh, they have Hassan Whiteside now, um, and they also have Carmelo, who's you know can score still, obviously. But I don't know. They're not very good. Uh, but I could. I I think if I'm gonna pick a game for them to win and lose, it's gonna be Golden State. And I'm kind of chalking up this Portland game as a loss. Last game of the road trip. Pacers are ready to get back home. Oladipo return game is only, uh, you know, three days away. 
Um, I mean, I think that they're just kind of going to be mentally checked out and ready to come back. So I'll go win in the Golden State game, and I'm going to loss against Portland on Sunday. I think the uh, losing streak there continues. Yeah, 3-2 and two on this road trip, that's that's gravy. That's fine. Yep. Uh, and then Wednesday night, the most anticipated night of the year. Uh, we all know what that is against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they suck this year, 17-29. and 29. Uh, they are 10th in the East, but really it wouldn't matter if they were 4th or 5th, 1st in the East. I expect the Pacers to come out in that one and not necessarily blow out the Bulls in that game, but I expect that to be a big win, Don't wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think the only guy you got to worry about other than Levine is Markkinen. I feel like he always underperforms when he plays this, and you know he has big games in the NBA, and they just never seem to be against us, so that makes me a little worried, but... You know, Levine obviously had, what, 43 the last time we played him. And, and a, it was still – it came down to the wire, I guess, but we were in control most of that game. So these are two teams that see each other a lot. We're in the same division, obviously. It's never easy, but I don't know how you can't just expect a, a, an easy win because of just the juice, the atmosphere that's going to be there. The players are going to be super excited. If Oladipo does, you know, a Zion goes off, then we're all just – you know we're wet in our pants, so I can't, I can't wait. Yeah, I am. I'm very excited for that. Um, you know, we're less than a week away, and we record this on uh, Thursday night before we're releasing it. So it's January 23rd as we record this, which is the one year anniversary of the injury for last year against the Raptors. So yeah, sad day. Sad day. Um, but you know, at least. You know, 2019 around this time, we had nothing to look forward to, and then now we're all excited, and we have this glimmer of hope um, coming back next week, and uh, it's going to be a great game, great atmosphere. Um, Place is going to be sold out. If you don't have your tickets by now, you're going to pay quadruple what, you know, face value is, so uh, I would recommend you have fun watching the game at home, but we have our tickets, section 15, and we're going to have a hell of a night, so... Um, we really are. Yep. So that'll wrap that up. Uh, our review there. Pacers win. Big win against the Suns. Uh, upcoming schedule. Can't wait for the Vic return. Um, and to uh, end up or end this episode, we are going to end it with another edition of Around the Association coming up right after this. Presented by Bone Ready to Pod. The NBA had their very first trade of the season last week when the Atlanta Hawks shipped out Alan Crabb to the Timberwolves for Jeff Teague and Travion Graham. Teague played for the Atlanta Hawks from 2009 to 2016. He was an all-star with them, as well as made an Eastern Conference Finals appearance with them. What say you about the first deal? I know it's not that good. It's not that good. It's not that interesting, but it's a deal. We have nothing else, and we got to talk about it. All right, read it to me one more time. Jeff Teague went back to the Hawks, and what did the Timberwolves get? So the Timberwolves got Alan Crabb. Okay, well, that's a pretty boring trade. Uh, that's all I got. 
Jeff Teague, you need a guy behind Trey Young, or maybe you can try to play him with Trey Young some. I don't, I don't know if that would work, but a veteran, I think that's what they needed, and I think his contract's expiring, right? Yeah, this is the last year of his contract. So I don't know if they're not going to make the playoffs, so it's just kind of like maybe they just wanted to get off that other contract and see what happens. Maybe try to re-sign Teague for cheap if, if they gels well, coming back, feeling comfortable. It's an interesting move. It's not a groundbreaking move, but their focus is on making Trey Young the best available possible, so that's what the focus is there. Speaking of Trey Young, how dumb, and we just talked about the Suns earlier, how dumb are the Phoenix Suns and the Sacramento Kings for taking DeAndre Ayton and uh, Bagley over Luka and Trey? Yeah, the, uh, the Suns could definitely use them, and so I don't think Ayton's going to be bad, but he didn't look that good last night, so he's already been popped for steroids, so not the best start to a career, so definitely dumb on their part. He, he just seems like he fits in Atlanta. Trey Young on the Hawks might make the all-star team this year. They're going to be bad for the next couple seasons, so I'm not too worried, but they definitely screwed up. Your eighth seed prediction going into the year, I'll never forget. Yeah, not, not my best. Hey, they're only like seven games out of it. You never know. Yeah. Uh, keeping it with the Atlanta Hawks, some unfortunate news here. Atlanta Hawks forward Chandler Parsons is headed back to California to recover from injuries he sustained in a car wreck last week. Parsons' attorney stated that he suffered severe and permanent injuries that could possibly jeopardize his career. The driver who hit Parsons was charged with driving under the influence of alcohol. Parsons has missed many games throughout the years with injuries uh, in Dallas, Memphis, and now with Atlanta. And he only played five games this year for the Hawks. A guy who can't get on the court for the Hawks uh, and getting in a a significant wreck like that, it's got to be pretty mentally exhausting. And I can imagine if he still has a chance to play, he probably won't do it because at this point um, his career has pretty much been over for a couple seasons. Yeah, he cashed in on a huge contract. And I don't know how much of that he actually got or whatever, but... You know, he's financially well off. That's the positive here. He got to do what he loved for a little time. It, it just sucks that, you know, a guy drunk driving did that. If you're listening, don't drunk drive, drink and drive, obviously. But, you know, Chandler, he was he was a good player for a while, uh, up and down, obviously. You hate to see it. That's all I really got to say. Yeah. Uh, s- significant news, uh, but, you know, he hasn't played uh, and – he hasn't played in a while, so I mean, if I were him, he, I think he has got got a contract from the Grizzlies, like twenty five million a year. I think this is the last year of that contract. So, uh, like you said, uh, situation sucks, but uh, the good thing is he's well off. So, um, he started off that Solomon Hill contract off season. He was one of those bigs, I think, right? Yep he uh, he originally he the deal too. Yeah, he originally went to uh, he was drafted by the Rockets, signed a big deal with the Mavericks. Then that deal came up, and he benefited in the summer of '16 when he signed a lucrative deal with the Memphis Grizzlies. So good for him on that. Yeah, good for him on that for sure. Uh, all right, next up, Dwight Howard, uh, Lakers center. He's making a return to the All Star Slam Dunk Contest. Howard is most famously known in the dunk contest for donning a Superman cape and winning the whole thing back in 2008. Uh, He is currently in his second stint now with the Lakers, the first time being in 2012-2013 when he was teammates with Lakers Hall of Famer Kobe Bryant. That relation ended quite sourly. 
But Howard has stated that this year's contest, he is trying to get Kobe Bryant to be a involved in the dunk contest with him somehow. He asked Lakers fans to help him out with this request to reach Kobe Bryant and get this thing done. Do you think this is just a desperate attempt to rebuild the bridge that Howard burned down seven years ago and he just looks like a fool? No, I think it's... <laughs> I don't. I think it's more for the fans and trying to bring excitement. He probably wants to win. He's got somewhat of an ego. I remember Shaq was super pissed when he put on that Superman cape for that first time. You know, it's what, 11 years later? It'd be just an old guy doing it. So it'd be interesting to see if he did something funny with Kobe. It could work if Kobe actually was involved, but he's definitely trying to mend fences. I don't blame him for trying to mend fences necessarily. Dwight's always been kind of a huge dick in every organization he's been in. And, you know, he, he gets under LeBron and he's actually, you know, not being a huge distraction for once. So it's amazing how well and how different you can be looked at if you actually just, you know, just play and play well and aren't a distraction. People completely flip the script on you. He's probably going to be a Hall of Famer either way, but it's it's just interesting. I think the sentiment for Dwight has died down or, or ramped up, I guess. People aren't as hated on him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's jumped around since that first Lakers stint, uh, went to Houston, played with James Harden for a couple seasons, got traded to, uh, I believe it was Atlanta, then he got traded to uh, Charlotte, and then I'm pretty sure Charlotte traded him to Brooklyn, then he got cut. Oh, no, excuse me, he went to Washington at some point. Yeah, so I think he signed with Washington last last year, excuse me. Uh, the guy's been all over the place, uh, signed with the Lakers last, last offseason. So he's having, uh, you know, he's been a lot more productive than some people thought he was going to be coming into the season, coming off the bench for the Lakers. So um, he's still, uh, you know, I remember that slam dunk contest, you know, him just pretty much like not even dunking it. He just kind of like threw the ball into the, the hoop as like fast as he could. So... He's definitely going to be probably the biggest name in the dunk contest. I don't know if there's anybody else that's been released. Have you heard anything from that standpoint? Levine said he'd do it if he was an all-star. I know. I, I saw that. And I would love to see Zion in it, but I doubt they're even going to let him. But that would get fans excited, too. Yeah, there's no way uh, that they're going to let Zion, especially with the minute restrictions he's on. We'll get more into his game here in a second. I know that's a big thing that you want to talk about. Uh, but, yeah, it, it'll be exciting. And most importantly... Uh, get Doug McDermott in the three-point contest. That would be pretty cool uh, to see a Pacer participate in that. Yeah, I know they started that push last night on the broadcast. I think he's fifth in the NBA in three-point shooting percentage, and he's like second in fourth quarter three-point scoring or something. So he's got the resume this year. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see some kind of representation in one of those. Because, I mean, they're always hated on. People just bitch that they're boring with the poo-poo in their pants. And a lot of times, recently, the dunk contest has been boring. I thought last year's was better than years past, but it's just, it is what it is. And, you know, if you don't want to watch it, why bitch about it? Who won last year? I can't remember. Dude, I have no idea who won the dunk contest last year. <laughs> I could not, I couldn't come up with that if, if I tried. Um, I know in 17, Glenn Robinson won it from the Pacers, uh, and his dunks weren't that great. Let me look this up because now I'm interested. Yeah, I remember there was, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, where John Collins tried to jump to jump over that plane and just completely just hit the plane <laughs> on the jump because they were in where the Wright brothers were. 
That was the North Carolina one. I don't. Was that last year? Um. Or Charlotte? What I mean. Let's see. I'm pretty sure Charlotte was last year. So I'm trying to see who was in this one. Oh, no. Who was in this one? Oh, I know who the winner is. So last year the winner, and I would have never have gotten this or remembered. It was Hamadou Diallo from the Thunder. Okay. I um, vaguely remember that, but yeah, no. Yeah, I don't. Let's see here who was in it last season. I don't have who else was in it with him last season. I I kind of remember him being in it, but I mean very vaguely. Donovan Mitchell won it the year before. Uh, Glenn Robinson the third. I think the last dunk contest that we actually had that was any good was in Toronto in 2016 with Zach Levine, uh, and he won it two years in a row. Yeah. Anyways, uh, next topic here. Um, another sad news story, um, but that's all that was in the NBA here over the past week. So uh, a video earlier in the week shown former NBA player Delonte West on the streets in Maryland after he had been in a fight with a random individual. The video footage was taken by a Maryland police officer who has since been suspended after leaking the footage. West was severely under the influence during the video and has had his run-ins with drugs along with a bipolar disorder he revealed back in 2015. Current and former NBA players, uh, the NBA Players Association, along with folks on the social media platforms, are attempting to offer help out to, to the former NBA player. Did you see the video, uh, and what were your thoughts when you saw that? Yeah, I saw the video. Uh, it wasn't a necessarily a funny video by any means, so it was pretty depressing just to see a guy fall from grace like that. And he definitely needs help, mental help in some capacity, definitely. Hopefully the Players Association, former players, reach out, do whatever they can to help. But, you know, he might be going to jail. I don't know exactly what happened, too, so... Who knows? It's just a sad story all around. Yeah. Didn't, uh, I mean, the video that showed it, obviously the video shouldn't have came out, but I mean, the video didn't even look like him or how he used to look. It's just crazy how much he has changed since his playing day. So hopefully, uh, you know, he can get better and get off the streets and, you know, have some positivity in his life again. So uh, I... Wish the video wouldn't have came out, but after watching it, it's it's very sad to see. So, uh, prayers out to him and his family. Hopefully, you can get it figured out. Um, yeah, and I know Jameer Nelson has said he's going to reach out, so that's that's good at least. At least somebody's on it. Yeah. All right, last topic here, and I know you've been waiting all show to talk about this, so I'm going to read my thoughts here, and then I'm just going to give you the floor because I know you're excited. Zion Williamson, the number one pick from Duke last year, finally made his NBA debut on Wednesday night against the San Antonio Spurs. Williamson put up a historic three-minute show uh, during his debut. He finished the game with 22 points, seven rebounds, and three assists. He only played in 18 minutes and was eventually subbed out due to a minute restriction imposed by the Pelicans' front office. The Pelicans ended up losing the game 121-117. to So as we all know, Hawk, you are... You are or may be his biggest supporter out of all of them. So tell me, what were your thoughts when you watched his first NBA performance last night? So I watched the – he played in four-minute spurts in the first first three quarters. The first spurt, he didn't really do much. You know, Pop was bringing the double team every single time. If he even got a look to turn at the rim, he was getting a double team, passed it out. <clears throat> Had a bad turnover. 
then he had a nice pass to Ingram, and you're like, all right, all right. That, that was a little, you know, not that hype, not that exciting, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Second quarter comes around, little better performance, has a nice pass, gets a layup. You're like, all right, he scored, he's here. And then you're kind of thinking, all right, this is going to be super boring. If this keep, if he's going to finish the game with four points, we're all just, what are we even doing? And then the third quarter rolls around, little better. And then that fourth quarter rolled around. I was writing the recap blog because the game was the Phoenix game was still going on, but it was over. So I got a huge jump on that. Love when that happens. And I just look up and he, he hits a three, and I'm like, oh, something's going on here. And they throw him a lob. He jumps over Aldridge. They leave him open for three more threes, and he just drills them all. And you know that stadium got super hype. You know the broadcast crew got got into it a little more. It was. It was everything you wanted to see and everything like the haters were the haters were sick. I, I just imagine Jake Light, that little bitch that he is, just crying in his, his bed when that happened and just just in tears that Zion was four for four from three. He he didn't have anything to come back at that. The haters were just vomiting in their mouths and then throwing it back up in their hand and putting it back in their mouths. The haters just they couldn't believe what they were seeing. And he's here. And you know, I said I wasn't as excited for the return because I didn't think he was possible to do it, and he comes back, plays, what, 18 total minutes. They they kept – Gentry was so confused when he was going off. He kept bringing guys to the table to bring him out. Then he'd pull guys when he'd hit another three. Like, I, I don't know what to do. I can't I can't stick to this minutes restriction. Ended the game with 18 minutes, 22 points, just an electric – he had, what, 18, 17 in a row by himself. And it was it was good to see, you know, the rebounding, the athleticism, the quickness. It's all there looks like an absolute panzer tank he's a monster and it's scary almost you're like jesus you can definitely see why people are concerned with the injury prone but i mean he's just an absolute tank i cannot wait for their next game i think the minutes restriction is going to hold for a little bit but people are complaining that they lost yada 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 well yeah they lost they're a bad team most likely i mean if they kept zion williamson in that game they probably win because he was unguardable no one could even stop him. He's hitting threes. What are you to do? Like, and people said he couldn't shoot in college. I mean, after the month of June, I think December, midway through December last year on, he shot 40% from three. End of the year, better three-point percentage than R.J. Barrett. Barrett did have more threes, obviously, but Zion can hit him. He's not Ben Simmons. I mean, we knock his three-point shooting game. LeBron's not a good three-point shooter. What are we even talking about? So the haters are sick today. The Zion family, the Zion strong, we're, we're smiling ear to ear, and we're just happy to see this guy out there and playing. And, you know, there could be a, cho- a chance in the near future where this gets annoying, the media hype. It's probably already set in for a lot of people, but you're just you're just living in Zion's world, so deal with it. I haven't seen you this excited in a while about something. Dude, I mean, I've watched this guy since he was like 14 years old on Twitter, like, all right, this guy can dunk. And then the next year he's doing crazy shit. And you're like, who is this guy? I've seen this guy. This guy's got to be like 18. No, he's 15 now. All right, well, let's follow his high school career. His high school career, he's absolutely insane. Well, what offers is he going to get? Oh, he's going to Duke? I love Duke. He goes to Duke, completely lives up to expectations, was player of the year. Obviously he had that blown out with the shitty Paul George shoe. I mean, that's what you get when you wear just a dumbass's shoe like that. It's going to blow out and break on you. So that's not really his fault, that injury. Then he comes in the preseason the NBA, plays really well, another setback, minor setback for a major comeback. So the Zion haters are strong. And this guy, he doesn't give crazy quotes. He's not an insane person. He's a humble kid, and 
he's amazing. And just seeing how big he is and what he does, like when he missed that layup and there were three guys on him and then he just jumped right back into frame, grabbed the layup and went up. And it was like, all three guys were like, Holy shit. We're like, how did we not get that layup? He missed that. And he's not even close. And he just jumps in the middle of us and puts it up. I mean, he's a freak. He's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have a very bright future with him. Uh, Brandon Ingram now, who is just excelling, playing outside of Los Angeles. Uh, and Alonzo as well. Uh, Josh Hart, decent off the bench. So the, Jackson Hayes as well, their other pick. Um, so they got a very good young roster. I think I don't. They're gonna. They're in the playoff hunt for the eighth seed, maybe in the West this year, just because. Uh, those teams aren't very good, so they might, if they get on a nice little run, they might sneak in. Um, but I wouldn't put all my stock in them for this year. I think next year they're for sure playoff team. Um, but if I was, uh, you know, David Griffin, I'm, I'm on the phone and I'm trying to, you know, unload JJ Redick for pieces, you know, sending, send him to a contender, uh, get some more young pieces, maybe some more picks, uh, drew holiday, you know, he's got to get a decent return. I know he's a beloved player in new Orleans. Maybe they want to hold on to him. Um, but they have a lot of veteran guys. They can move Derek favors being another one. So I, Wants more as a guy that a lot of people would love yeah. to have off their bench. I feel like yeah. So there's going to be a lot of you know contenders out there that are looking to get you know that over the hump uh, at at the trade deadline. So I definitely, if I were them, I would be active. I, I would just say you know even if we do make a run and make the playoffs this season, we're going to get beat in the first round because we're going to play you know against uh, one of those top teams of the West. Um, it's not going to be, we don't really have a chance. So if I was them, I would, I would be sellers at the trade deadline and look to bring in pieces. But yeah, the debut, I didn't, I didn't watch much of the debut. Um, I was watching the Pacers game, watched some of it on my phone. Um, and obviously I had the, uh, FanDuel sportsbook bet, uh, plus 100 on over 10 points for, for Zion. Um, uh, and that was just, you know, free money essentially. Yeah. Um, and I wish I would have put more on it, but still, um, an absurd bet. And then now FanDuel comes back, and they're giving the state of Indiana another deal um, with uh, with the IU game. So, I mean, these sports books, they just don't seem like they know what's going on. No, there's a formula. We're all – I mean, we're definitely being trapped into this formula. Don't – there's no way you actually win. I mean, you win a little, you get out. You come back later when it's cooled off a little bit. There's some form of, they know something. They've got all of my data now. Somehow they're just going to target me until I waste all of my money. I'm not, I'm not totally convinced, and I'm not totally convinced IU is going to cover the spread. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but it is IU. You never know. The spread is now, as we record this, is at ninety and a half, and it keeps going up. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if they don't cover a hundred point spread? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that would be insane. Um, it would be like the scandal of the decade if IU loses by 100 points because you know that Archie Miller and his players are getting paid something from FanDuel. Uh, they're getting some nice things under the table. So, I mean, if that if that happens, that we're going to see a 30 for 30 one of these days if they lose by 100 points on this FanDuel night because that's just that would be the scandal of the century. I would hope they would ask me to be on that 30 for 30 because I would lose 50 bucks in this. But, um, my God, I, I just I don't understand it. There's got to be some stipulation like the fine print. I know you're going to get credits to the account, but there's got to be like something in there. You know, the, the font, everything is like 
you know, 12 size font, but they got to have something there like 0.5 font that you just can't see. Cause it makes no sense to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that's going to wrap this episode up, uh, of the born ready to pod podcast episode 75. We just keep chugging along here. Um, next week, obviously we'll be recording after the Oladipo game on Wednesday night, uh, giving our thoughts. Cause we're all three going to be there. I'm sure Jake won't be on the podcast cause he's a flaky asshole, but, uh, that's just how it is. So it'll probably be Hawk and I probably the next day discussing our thoughts on the game. We're going to be very excited. Can't wait. So the next time we talk to you, Victor Oladipo will be back in a Pacers Jersey, something to definitely cherish and be proud and happy about. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a good weekend. We'll see you guys next week. See ya.